This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Chai FM, I'm Benji Shulman, this is the New Blue Review. And every week we check out what is going on uh, in the in Parliament. What are the laws that are being uh, created? What are... Uh, you know, what, how is our life being governed just in general? Uh, and the man who helps us check in with that is Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa. Rob, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Good morning, Benji. I trust you're all well this morning. Yes, doing very well. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Rob, uh, to start off with a new amendment, uh, relating to children. Talk to us about that. This is a fantastic piece of legislation, in my honest opinion here. Um, it's an amendment to the Children's Act of 2005, which addresses a number of issues that were, in some cases, really outdated, um, behind the times in, in other social aspects, and, and so on, and, and lacking in regulations around the protecting of children's uh, orphans, parents, parents' rights in, in divorces and unmarried couples and, and so on. Um, it's quite an extensive uh, amendment to, to the Act itself. Um, but briefly, it goes on about uh, providing the rights for unmarried fathers. Um, it extends uh, uh, certain definitions around protecting children, around access to information around these children. It proposes a uh, registrar of uh, which they call the National Child Protection Registrar, um, and that uh, addresses the problem where a lot of kids would get lost in in the system in in the past, um, especially orphans or kids from from abused houses that were removed and put into uh, social care and so on. Um, there was a problem where these kids would slip through the cracks and disappear and then end up on the streets or in in other worse conditions. So there's a whole uh, act now to address that, to protect these kids, to monitor them through the systems, to make sure they address uh, or receive any um, medical uh, assistance that they might need. So it caters for testing, medical testing on on such children. But one of the greatest aspects of this is it addresses the um, rights of of parents in different marital or, or household situations. So. It, um, it proposes to, uh, grant fathers, uh, rights to, to children, to their children, whether they were married to the spouse or married to the mother or, or not. Um, and even if they were living with their, their, their partner, they, and they fall pregnant, they, they are, uh, allowed access to the, to the children. However, not only do they simply get access, they then have to fall, um, uh, comply with the correct parental uh, guidance and assistance and, and so on. So it addresses the problem of um, unpaid maintenance as such and who takes responsibility. It's, it's really, really fantastic. However, on, on the other side, it could pose problems in, um, in, in the usual way where uh, unmarried fathers or unmarried mothers or, or so on could uh, claim uh, claim financial assistance from from fathers, even from a one night stand, if, and or, or so on. So we have to look at it from from all angles as usual. Uh, and 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 so people can go on and and comment. I mean, is is this a bill? It, it sounds like one of these bills that that has been worked on for quite a long time, and seems to be sort of. Quite comprehensively uh, focused on, not a, a slapdash thing. 
Yeah, for once it actually does <laughs> it does actually look like it has been worked on quite quite well. Um, there's a whole lot of information which we will uh, place on our website today. The the whole campaign will be launched, and you can you can provide a comment there. There's a whole uh, PowerPoint presentation as well, which you can go through, which addresses each um, each clause that's been amended. There's a general explanatory note and the whole bill itself, which is around 75 pages. So if you don't want to go through that, there is a, a summary as well. But I do recommend people comment on this. Um, we've also provided notice in all official South African languages because this addresses matters a- across the board from all South Africans. So it's, it's actually a very important piece of, of legislation, which is well needed in this country. And, yeah, I think everyone should have a look at it. Now, moving from uh, the family to uh, to the, the city level, um, an important, important issue affecting your taxes, I'm assuming, Rob, uh, the Municipal Finance uh, Amendment Board. What's, what's going on with how they, they're charging us? Okay, so this is, this is a rather interesting one here, which is quite um, problematic in, in many areas. Um, I can, we can see why they've, they've introduced this. They, they call it the uh, Amendment of Municipal Supply Chain Management Regulations. So in other words, it's the regulations um, governing how uh, municipalities obtain services, how they are charged for, and the limits as to what can be used for um, just simply be put out and, and paid for and what has to be put out for tender. Um, it's part of the Municipal Finance Management Act, which controls how municipalities do their procurement, their spending, their auditing, and and so on. So what this does, and, and the reason it was updated is because it, it hasn't been addressed in about 10 years. So budgets have been increased, but the limits at which municipalities have to send anything out for tender has, hasn't been adjusted for about 10 years. So it increases those limits. Now, we have to ask, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing, considering the uh, 85% of our municipalities have never, haven't received a clean audit in a number of years? Um, does this pave the way for more irregular expenditure? Well, that, in my opinion, it does. So what it, what it raises, um, it raises uh, certain values on, on certain uh, procurement procedures from what was 200,000 rand now up to 750,000 rand. So anything above 750,000 rand has to go out, out for tender. But the way they word it, if you look at it the other way, anything below 750,000 rand doesn't need approval. So that's what we have to look at it from, from that way. Does that allow massive amounts of irregular expenditure? Well, they try and, um, uh, can't counteract that by saying that you can't break up a major expense into seven or eight or, or nine little expenses to not meet that threshold, and that will will be investigated. But we know how these things are audited, so we don't know. In my opinion, this is is a bad move by by government at this stage, considering the levels of municipal corruption that we have. Then they should perhaps even renegotiate this. Bring it down and really, really look this this entire process. The seven hundred fifty thousand limit is is dangerous, in my opinion. What 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 is the current process? If if I mean, obviously, I understand that there's a tender for everything, but is there a current ceiling in terms of 
uh, or flaw in terms of tender um, requirements? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. So currently it sits at about 200,000 rand, depending on the size of the municipality, whether it's a district or a metro or, or a local municipality. Um, it can go from 200,000 up to 300,000 currently. Um, and they're going to push that up to 750,000 for, for the metros and, um, I think 300,000 for, for the local districts. Now that also applies to, um, the procurement of consultants. So if you're calling someone in to do consulting services, and we know this is where most of the corruption takes place, they have now lifted those limits um, from previously 200,000 up to, up to 750,000 rand in some instances. So that if you've got an expense or a consultant gives you an invoice or a, a proposal, the cost estimate for 749,999 rand, that does not have to go out to tender at all. The municipal manager or accounting or procurement officer can simply award that to an individual. Well, certainly, as you say, a room for potential problems, given what we know about the state of our municipalities uh, in the country. We're talking today to Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa about key legislation uh, affecting, uh, affecting uh, you as a South African. And uh, we are going to take a short break, and we'll be back just after this. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 High FM talking to Rob Hutchinson from South Africa. Uh, Rob, I see that um, as part of your general campaigning uh, that you've also been requesting Nkosazana uh, Glamini Zuma to do some justification on the extension of the state of disaster and the lockdown. What is that all about? Yes, indeed we have. So what, what we've issued here is um, a letter of, of demand. We want to know the reasons for the extension, um, why why it's been ex- this national state of disaster, in other words, the lockdown, has been extended. We want to see the data and the justification for it. You know, according to, to, to us, we, we've done the, the research, we've run many campaigns, um, gathering public, com- public comment and inputs, um, we've partnered with a lot of other data-driven organizations. And yeah, in the beginning, we could all understand the justification for for a lockdown, for the 21 days, and perhaps even the first extension. We didn't know what was what to expect. We had, no, we had minimal access to data. We had no experience, and we weren't sure if our health healthcare systems would actually cope. But now, seven months later, we have extensive data. We've seen a decline across the board. Our healthcare systems are not overloaded. Many of the temporary facilities are standing empty or haven't seen uh, more than five admissions in the past month. So why is what, why are we still in a lockdown? Why are we still in a state of, in, of uh, disaster as, as such? And if the minister can't provide that data, then we will we'll go to court to have the uh, lockdown set aside because it will be an unjust and irrational decision to to extend it. Yeah, certainly is, uh, I think, a very interesting question uh, around the extension of the state of disaster. When is it currently extended till? 
till the 15th of November. So she extends it once, once a month if, uh, on the 15th for, for another month. And she's, it's supposed to go through a parliamentary process and approval. Um, but the NCCC has since been abandoned. So it's completely up to the minister now on her own to make, um, the, these decisions to extend. She can also, um, determine the level at, at which we go. And so we could be pushed up to level five or four or, or any other level that we are now at any stage. And that will obviously have serious detrimental um, effects on, on our economy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely something to uh, to have a look at. Uh, Rob, as always, if people want to check out this issue or indeed any of the legislative uh, discussions that we've had uh, this week or any week, where can they do that? I can do, it, do so on our website where we provide a really easy-to-use system. You just enter your name, your details, and your comments, and we send that directly to government in the official and legally recognized format. We also keep a record of, of everything so we can uh, perhaps challenge government if needs be on, on the participation. And that's all on our website on dearsouthafrica.co.za. Right, there we go. So go check out... Uh, you can see all of that. They have a very comprehensive set of information. So that you don't even have to read the whole law itself. Uh, they've done it all for you, and then you can uh, have your say, which is what it's all about. Rob, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the program today, and we'll chat to you next week. Fantastic, Benji, and, and friends and team. Thanks very much for the opportunity.